0: Hi, my name is Brooke Archer, a qualified clinical nutritionist and naturopath who's passionate about showing people how they can live their happiest and healthiest lives. Through my business, Evolved Nutrition and Naturopathy, I've helped hundreds of women, men and children listen to their bodies and elevate their health. Join me and my expert guests as we share all there is to know to evolve your health and live your best life. So get comfortable and get ready to learn. This is the Evolved Health Podcast. For some, today's topic may be a little uncomfortable to talk about, but for many, this is just plain uncomfortable. Today, I'm going to be talking about constipation in part one of a series, I guess you could call them, talking all things poop. And why is this so important? Well, because I say to my clients how poop is one of only a few windows into our digestion and how it's working or not working. It's really important to all areas of our body that it is eliminating toxins and waste just as it was designed to do. And today we're going to talk about one of the most uncomfortable changes to our poop, poo, stool, feces, whatever you want to call it. I'm probably going to use all of those terms, but I'm talking about constipation if you've ever experienced constipation you will know how uncomfortable frustrating and painful it can feel making your whole body feel sluggish and gross really in a 2019 study it's been estimated that approximately 24 percent of the australian adult population suffer from chronic constipation that's one quarter of our adults previously it was suggested that the prevalence was between two to thirty percent of that adult population suffering from chronic constipation so to now say that one quarter of that population experiences this, this symptom it's a lot and that's not considering those of you that might be experiencing it just from time to time or those not reporting it Generally, though, it's believed that at least one in five Australians suffer from this health condition. Most people picture someone with constipation as someone who doesn't go to the toilet for days on end. It might in fact be many days or, believe it or not, weeks before they pass the stool. Well, that's not always the case. I remember with my second child, a doctor telling me that her not passing a stool as a baby for five days was normal. And that if she hadn't passed a stool in maybe 10 days, then we could look at options. Um, that's not what I class as normal, thanks very much. But I think it's important to mention that yes, if there are days or even weeks, gosh, I even struggle to think about that poor person... Between passing a stool, you are constipated. But you can pass a stool every day and still be constipated. Bet not many of you knew that. If you regularly have those pebble or rabbit dropping like poos, or pass a stool that looks like several of those pebbles squashed together, think number one or two on the Bristol stool chart, then you're likely experiencing Constipation, too, or leaning towards it. I know many of you might now be saying, Well, oh, hang on a minute, that's actually me. Constipation can even be given a subtype, if you like. You can be classed as having normal transit constipation, where you feel constipated but pass stools at a regular pace, or slow transit constipation which means slower, less frequent stools passing. You can have outlet delay or anorectal dysfunction constipation. This usually is as a result of damage to pelvic muscles or nerves that make it difficult to pass the stool and can even mean needing to use a hand to assist with bowel movements. Or finally, constipation-predominant irritable bowel syndrome, also known as IBS C, which we know is usually due to the gut and intestinal health. But to the person experiencing constipation, constipation is just constipation. It doesn't need a subtype, it's just very uncomfortable. So let's talk more about what constipation is classed as, shall we? Constipation can be defined as more than one of the following presentations. If you pass fewer than three stools per week, if you have to strain to poop, if you pass hard, lumpy or pebbly-like poos, they don't have to be large, If you experience the sensation of incomplete evacuation So not being able to fully finish your poo or that there's more still there but it won't come out If you experience a sensation of that anorectal obstruction or blockage So basically either partial or full obstruction And if loose stools aren't present without the use of laxatives They're all ways that you can determine if you suffer with constipation or not. Now, constipation can occur as a result of a variety of factors. These can include things like your diet, exercise patterns or lack of them, adverse reactions to medications or as a symptom of disease. It can also occur with no known or obvious cause, which can be extremely frustrating. I mentioned chronic constipation earlier, but what I want to help you understand is the difference. Constipation can be either chronic, which means consistently over a longer period of time, and for many that can be lifelong. It's not uncommon for me to hear clients say they can't remember a time that they weren't constipated, even as a child. Then there is acute constipation, and this refers to short-term, occasionally or sporadically experiencing constipation. An example could be when a client tells me they get constipated from time to time um, or every time they eat A, B or C, and they'll mention they get bouts of it for a few weeks every couple of months or so, and I'm not sure why it can be a constant struggle or something that you experience occasionally both are definitely not ideal constipation does have a significant burden on our healthcare system too most of you might laugh at the thought that constipation could impact the medical system but this takes into account visits to the doctor or specialist, diagnosis, investigative procedures or testing, prescriptions, other treatments, and hospital stays. While it's difficult to find statistics on the cost for our healthcare systems, approximately 10 years ago it was determined that in the US the cost was approximately $7,500 per year per person. Now remember, we're looking at possibly a quarter of our population suffering from this condition. And the cost to the healthcare system was over ten million each year at that stage. And that doesn't take into account all the unreported cases of constipation or the other costs like time off work, unwell, mental health system symptoms, sorry, that result from it, etc etc. Those numbers are only going to have grown due to the population increase, our ageing population, poor dietary choices and lifestyle choices and so on. So what are some of the things that can lead to constipation? Not drinking enough fluids. A low fibre diet. Little to no activity or exercise. Females actually have a higher prevalence of constipation. Just something else to be thankful for being a female, right? Food intolerances, food allergies like celiac disease, digestive conditions such as IBS, diverticulitis, IBD conditions and SIBO, or you might know that as small intestinal bowel overgrowth. You might also suffer constipation as a result of endocrine conditions such as diabetes hyperthyroidism and hypothyroidism neurological conditions like spinal cord injuries parkinson's disease ms or strokes mental conditions things like stress depression or an eating disorder either past or current pregnancy menopause Autoimmune conditions like Hashimoto's or lupus. Genetic disorders like Down syndrome. Ignoring the body's natural signals to poop when you need to. Yep, putting it off can lead to constipation. It can also be caused by structural issues. So things like twist in the bowel. Uh, Certain medications can cause it. There's actually quite a few medications that can cause it older age is also another factor the older we get the slacker the bowels can be but truthfully it can also be as a result of medical conditions that might become more prevalent with age and the use of more and more medications children can also commonly see or experience constipation Uh, we typically see this around toilet training and the fear to go Um, and there's also that of a lot of food sensitivities in children as well. Changes to your environment can also be an impact, whether you are traveling a lot, whether it is changes to your work environment, and also some forms of cancer can cause constipation. So there's a lot of medical conditions that can actually lead to suffering with constipation. If left untreated, constipation can lead to further serious bowel complaints. Things such as fecal impaction, which basically means a hard, large mass of stool gets stuck in the rectum or lower colon, creating a blockage and is very painful, causing bloating, cramping, and what they class as stool leakage which as you might imagine, is small amounts of water leaking from the bowels, usually when force is applied to try and excrete the stool. As well as fecal impaction, other serious complaints might be incontinence, and no one wants that, hemorrhoids, anal fissures, rectal prolapse, and bowel perforations, which can be life-threatening. So this little thing that some might not like to talk about can actually be a very serious thing that really does impact people's quality of life. While the conventional medical route is to use medications such as laxatives, these can also cause weakening and or damage to the bowel. And while they aren't necessarily designed for long-term use, more so for immediate relief, so to speak... They are often used long-term without medical knowledge. You see, our bowels require lots of tiny muscles to work in a wave-like and constriction-type pattern that enables us to push out the poop. This function can weaken with long-term laxative use, which just leads to more and more chronic constipation and complications. I have many clients that experience constipation and have had to resign to long-term laxative use to keep things moving before seeing me. This is definitely not ideal and can have long-term implications. And then there's the long-term use of laxatives for weight control, but I'm not going to get into that today. I'll end up going down another rabbit hole with that one. Now, don't get me wrong, these medical interventions can be essential to help some people immediately manage their constipation and give them some relief, but it's the long-term use of them that basically doesn't address the underlying cause and allow for resolution. Okay, now onto the important stuff. What can you do if you experience constipation? Here are 10 suggestions that can be helpful to relieve constipation and prevent developing constipation in the future. Number one, Drink water, (laughs) ideally a minimum of two liters per day and possibly more, particularly if you're already constipated. Lemon water or warm water can definitely help stimulate your digestion and help move things on. Prune and pear juice have also traditionally been used in the past because they have a laxative effect. Herbal teas are also great choices. There's various herbal teas that can help soften stools so they can easily pass, but senna, licorice, ginger, dandelion, or peppermint teas are some of the popular ones that actually work. Coffee can also have a laxative effect, and if not overused, can be very helpful. But again, you don't want to rely on these liquids because they have a laxative effect you want to address the cause all of them help to increase your liquid intake number two is fiber now fiber isn't actually broken down fully in our digestive systems and so plays an important role in bulking our stools and drawing water into them making it softer and easy to pass Good sources of fibre-rich foods include vegetables, fruits, whole grains, legumes, nuts and seeds. If you are needing to increase your fibre intake, do it slowly, gradually. Suddenly eating high amounts of fibre when your systems are not used to it can actually make your constipation worse. Here's the thing though. Some forms of fibre can actually be beneficial and make someone suffering with constipation feel like it negatively impacts their constipation, making them feel more bloated or that it's just making stools harder. This is usually down to the types of fibre they are using. An example might be chia seeds. While some people find them helpful, Many others feel they make matters worse and can bulk up the stool even further. I see this a lot with people who are having them on a very regular basis. This is really usually down to how the gut or body is breaking its fibers and the health of the gut, including, you know, whether it's got enough beneficial bacteria or gases that it should be producing um, all at the right levels effectively so this needs to be considered now a really beneficial fiber to include is actually kiwi fruits they're very high in fiber great source and are beneficial with results for people with constipation number three eliminate food triggers These can be identified with an elimination diet or food sensitivity testing. Gluten and dairy are generally the two main common triggers that I see, but it can be other foods as well. Number four is probiotics. You can include probiotic supplements or probiotic foods here. If introducing probiotic foods, again, do it gradually. This includes foods like sauerkraut, yoghurt and kimchi. You don't want to go in with a lot very quickly in a short amount of time. You want to build it up and we'll generally say that you might start off with a teaspoon to a tablespoon per day and build it up from there. Number five is to exercise. Moving the body stimulates your bowels. When you're inactive your bowels can become sluggish ideally aim for 30 minutes of exercise per day most days of the week to help keep your bowels moving regularly number six is to look at how you're pooping i'm talking about the actual way you are sitting to poo our modern toilets can actually put us in not the most optimal position to pass the stool Some people get relief from using a footstool or even putting their feet up on two toilet rolls. This just aligns the bowels for easy evacuation. Number seven is manage your stress. Easy said rather than done, right? But finding ways to relax and manage your stress can significantly impact your digestive tract and relieve constipation. Number eight supplements. These can include fiber supplements that are all about the type of fiber they offer. Um, It can also include natural herbal supplements that can stimulate the bowel and soften stools. And then there's supplements like magnesium or vitamin C, which can also be helpful, but are best increased under the supervision of a practitioner. Herbal liquid medicine um, is also very beneficial here. And it really does offer a range of specific herbs that can get your bowels moving regularly. Number nine is massage. I'm not talking about the relaxing, you know, shoulder kind of massage. I'm talking about massaging the gut or abdominal area in a clockwise circular motion. This can physically help to push stool from the colon towards the rectum and relieves cramping or pain as well number 10 is to seek help from a qualified practitioner that can assess what that underlying cause might be for your constipation this might involve gut health stool testing or food sensitivity testing or more then you can get individualized treatment that's going to get you long-term relief while benefiting your digestive health. Now many of you have tried a lot of things here. To try and improve your constipation. And you might have tried several of these suggestions that I've given you. Sometimes it can also be about trying several of them together. Another suggestion that might not be popular. But you can pay attention to your regular. Regular listen and learn to listen to your body and what's normal for you then you will know when there's changes that you need to take action on when you feel the urge to go listen to it don't put it off especially if you are someone that has experienced constipation before this is essential to start really listening to your body this topic is one that some of you might not feel comfortable talking about but it is really important not to leave it untreated. No one wants to walk around with heavy, uncomfortable, painful feelings and not be able to get any relief. You don't have to feel like that. It's likely that you've suffered with constipation at some point in your life or know someone that does. Hopefully this episode has been helpful in educating you more on this topic And might even be beneficial to share with that person you know that experiences it. I talk most days about poop, (laughs) uh, digestive complaints and more. They're all very common among the clients that I see, especially as I focus on gut health. So if you feel like you need some help to get relief from constipation or other symptoms, then please get in contact with me. I offer a free 15-minute discovery session to see if working with me is the right fit for you. You can book that in over at evolvednutrition.com.au via the work with me tab. Next episode, I'm going to be talking about the opposite of constipation. Yep, diarrhea. (laughs) The how, the why and all of the helpful tips to be dealing with that one too. I hope you have enjoyed today's episode, even if you started feeling a little uncomfortable at the beginning. And if you have, please remember to give it a like. Thank you everyone for joining me today. Take care. You have been listening to the Evolved Health Podcast with your host, Brooke Archer, You can find me on your socials at Evolved Nutrition or go to my website evolvenutrition.com.au to work with me, check out my programs, delicious recipes and so much more. Thanks for listening.